0: Welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove, and I'm joined by a man who, like me, is right now one-sixth of the way through his World Cup 2019 previews. Is that Isn't true? It? It's true. His name is Teddy Rockwell. Hello. Hello, you're right, because we haven't recorded this one yet. Yes. So
1: one in the bag. There you go. By mm-hmm. the time people hear
0: this, we'll yes. be two-sixths of the way through. There
1: we go. Or
0: a third. <laughs> I <laughs> did the math. Fractions are hard. Fractions are hard. Today, So we did Group A yesterday. If you haven't heard our Group A preview, uh, you can go back and find that in our feed. That wasn't yesterday, Two was days it? ago, Thank we did you. Group A. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I,
1: I didn't mean to correct you. It was just more so like we've kind of reached the point where things start to add up. We've got a lots, of, lots yeah, yeah. of stuff to cover. Time kind of loses all meaning and I forget <laughs> what happened yesterday.
0: But today uh-huh. is Group B. And in Group B of the Women's World Cup, you will find... Germany, mm-hmm. you will find China, you will find Spain, and you will find South Africa. That so is all that's accurate. that's who we're previewing today. Uh, we're going to do the tactics, mm-hmm. we're going to do the key players. Um, I think we should put the, the caveat at the front that we did put at the front of Group A, that we are not um, women's soccer experts, no. but we have done our research for these previews. So we have information to share, but we don't have all the information to we share. We do not. Is that we, fair? Yes, yes, it definitely is. Okay. It definitely is
1: because, uh, as we said with Group A, with some of these teams, it is difficult to find in-depth coverage, yeah. it's difficult to find some coverage at all on some yeah, of yeah. the players. There's maybe, lots of Wikipedia red links for the two teams <laughs> that I'm going to be discussing. I'll put it that way. Do
0: you think there'll be more preview avi- preview information available next week? Like, do you think newspapers will start publishing a bunch of uh, World Cup 2019 previews starting Monday, maybe? No, I
1: don't. No, you don't. I honestly okay. don't. I, I think that you're going to get kind of what we've been getting. I think the Guardian have been putting out some okay ones, but yeah. I think you're going to get... And they, even
0: they've leaned on people in other countries mm-hmm. to do it as opposed to doing the research yeah. themselves. I so. think you're
1: going to get distillations of. That. I think you'll get like one key player for each World Cup team and, yeah. and things of that nature. And then some of the bigger ones, I think you'll get more in depth profiles
0: on, yes. Okay. And not to pat ourselves on the back too much, the thing I'll say for us is we have watched the footage. We have. Right? This isn't just like guessing at stuff. We've gone and watched these teams as much as we can mm-hmm. and tried to figure things out. Mm-hmm. All right. Without further ado. I flew to South Africa and watched like <laughs> six games. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get started. Let's do it with Germany. All right. Germany. Um, I'm previewing Germany. Um, World Cup winners twice over, right? 2003, 2007. Olympic champions. They won the Olympics mm-hmm. in 2016. Nine of those players are returning. The nickname is they don't really have a nickname. It's maybe the National Elf, like uh-huh. the National 11, but it's kind of like with the German men's team where they don't have a fun nickname. It's just the team or the 11.
1: The National Elf?
0: Yeah. Elf is German for 11.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Now. Come on! they're the oh, elves. you went are like the W L. Yes, yeah. they're the national elves. Cool. <laughs> so what
0: what the nickname should mm-hmm. be is the reverse Red Bulls. Okay, because they absolutely do not give you wings. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't really know where it was going to go. I did expect it to go that way.
0: So this is a tactical point. Okay. What the German team does mm-hmm. is force you inside. Okay. So like you know, if you like, say the opposition right back has the ball, often the thing will be like. Um, How long did you work on that? a minute okay <laughs> we most teams will try and show you to the outside yeah. it's more like that's away from goal that's where mm-hmm. that's away from danger Germany will try and force you to the inside the reason they do that is that they have a host of defensive midfielders they play 4 three one they have a couple of defensive midfielders who are always there mm-hmm. to win the ball so they force you inside then they take the ball off you that's the German plan
1: uh, as a fan of the US women's national team and their propensity to attack down the wings that gives me some concern right.
0: yeah well hopefully we don't have to play them uh, let's hope, yeah. so. <laughs> let's hope so. um, key to this approach she's not one of my key players because i'm not 100% convinced she's going to start is a defensive midfielder called lina magul mm-hmm. m-a-g-u-l-l she'll wear number 20 i think she'll be one of the starting defensive midfielders in the 4-2-3-1 but really the thing is i've kind of taken a shine to her after watching her and i think she's the best defensive midfielder it might be two other players that start so why do you think she's the best one though because she's, every time I see them for someone inside, mm-hmm. I see Magul step up, win the ball, but then be very good on the ball when she's got it. She's mm-hmm. a bit like um, Amandine Henry yeah. for France. Uh, you talked a lot about her, right, about how she essentially runs the French national team from defensive midfield. Like She gets involved in the attack, but she's winning the winning the ball as a defensive midfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of feel like she's a little younger. She's only 24. Lina Magol is sort of the Amandine-Henri of Germany.
1: Is she? Does she have the distribution of Amandine-Henri? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes, she does. That's why I think she's like basically almost as good, which All is right. a big deal to have that kind of player. Right? So, so
1: from what I saw of Magul, I, I enjoyed her intensity. Yes. I enjoyed especially for Bayern Munich. It seems like she is the one who's scrapping for every 50-50 mm-hmm. ball. And the best way I can explain that is that Every time it went out of bounds, she was the first one to point in her team's direction. Right. Even when she clearly knew it was not her team's yeah, ball, yeah. she's always trying to get that little competitive edge. So that's and I that enjoyed that Roeykin esque
0: intense competitiveness, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once they have the ball, because yeah. Germany obviously they're one of the dominant teams, so they'll they, they'll be winning the ball back, but they'll have the ball a lot. They're in this four two three one. And then you have this front four. I'm going to talk about the striker and the number 10 as two of my key players. But what they do is they rotate positions Mm -hmm. a lot. So rather than staying static, like the attacking three midfielders and the one striker left and right, they will interchange positions and be all over the place and it'll be re- it's really hard to to keep track of them. Um, one of the key reasons is that uh, Alexandra Pop, the main striker, she also has a history as a winger as well so she's quite happy drifting out wide and letting other players then fill the middle. Right? I like
1: that because it feels like it's, it almost like comes about in response to the way they probably practice their defensive training of if you're trying to force teams from, the wide, like, from wide into the middle yeah. then one of the ways you can maybe nullify that is by having a lot of fluidity in the way you attack so you don't necessarily have to have have a wide player who's always wide, who can then easily be forced inside. I feel like Germany do one thing in defense, but then kind of do the thing that is set up to neutralize that defense when they attack.
0: And then the other thing they do is they have the fullbacks come and join in. So you've got that front four kind of rotating Mm -hmm. Uh, with a key attacking midfielder who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, Jennifer Marishan. Mm-hmm. Um But then the fullbacks join late, specifically uh, the right back who wears number three. Um, her name is, oh, I've forgotten her name, Catherine uh, Hendrick. Mm-hmm. Hendrick, she'll wear number three, but she'll be the right back. Great crossing. This is the, of all the teams I've watched so far, Germany has the most precise crossing, often aiming for the head of Alexandra Pop.
1: Okay, let's talk about her, if, if, if we could then. Is she one of your key players? She is one of my key all players.
0: Right. Okay, you want to get to Pop? I do. Okay, so Alexandra Pop, mm-hmm. she'll wear number 11. She plays for Wolfsburg. Um, as I said, when Germany had um, their, their star strikers before, uh, Anja Mittag, everyone, most people will remember, and uh, Celia Sasic were the strikers Pop had to play on the wing. It's Pops time now because those players have retired. Okay. She is the key striker for Germany.
1: All right. And and what, what is it that makes her so key aside from being, I believe, the captain of the national team?
0: Yep, runs in behind, drops deep, pulls wide, mm-hmm. just really hard to track. Um, and then when the ball comes in, she's a target. She is winning a lot of balls in the air, either to like head at goal herself or to knock it down for teammates.
1: I, I, I had it from what I saw of her as the like, German National team women's equivalent of Mario Gomez, or maybe the like, I think she's better, or Abby Wombach, maybe like the German Abby Wambach Wambach's A little bit, a bit yeah. I, I think she's slightly more mobile than yes. Abby Wombach was, but that might be me remembering Wambach in like 2015 as no, opposed to I earlier think on.
0: My memory, even like 2011, Wambach mm-hmm. is she just likes to stay high and forward and be yeah. on the end of Rapino crosses, right. right? So, so we, I think Pop is more mobile, especially because she has that history as a winger, right? Mm-hmm. Abby Wambach never played wide for anyone that
1: mm-hmm. I know of, I not that I know of, yeah. but yeah, with Pop, I just I remember those moments of Abby Wombach like hanging at the back post and just sort of winning a header that you didn't think she had any business winning I saw Pop doing that a lot sometimes to put it on frame but a a number of times as well just putting it back across and completely throwing the defense into disarray that way like the the cross ball that's headed back across for an easy tap in Mm -hmm. she can do that one as well
0: and the wide players I mentioned will likely be uh, Julia Gwyn who's only 19 number 15 I think she'll play on the weirdly she'll either play left wing right wing or possibly right back um, as well but she'll be one of those wide attackers and Svenja Hoot Svenja who will be uh, one of the other wingers those will be the players sort of filling the space if Pop uh, drifts wide mm-hmm. the other key player yeah. I'm going to say possible golden ball winner mm-hmm. that's how good she is Jennifer Marestan. Mm-hmm. so the reason her name sounds very not German is that she was born in Hungary yep. uh, but her father moved to Germany to, uh, to play soccer in Germany and mm-hmm. so she's basically grown up in Germany was naturalized so she's uh, Fully German, but with a Hungarian name.
1: And I'm sure many people know this, but just in case you don't, the other reason why it's slightly strange is because it's what? D-Z-S-E-N-I-F-E-R.
0: Hopefully we'll put her name in the show notes uh, so that people know who we're talking about. So she's a number 10. She's a creative midfielder. She plays for Lyon. Which I'm coming to learn. It's not fair. Basically, it's like playing for the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. If you play for Leon, that's. Yeah. you It means you're one of the very, very best. Yes. Yeah. Fair.
1: I mean, yes. Except that the Harlem Globetrotters only play against one team. It the would Washington be, Generals. It would be like <laughs> if I'm just trying to think of like a team that I guess like maybe Barcelona <laughs> under Pep Guardiola, where they just kept winning everything, yeah, yeah. every competition they were in. Uh-huh. It's a little bit like that, only even more so.
0: So I want to talk about why Maristan mm-hmm. is so very good. Okay. Normally, a number ten you think of as like dribbly, low center of gravity, like going past people. I think Marishan's genius is um, her first time passing. Mm -hmm. The thing I see from her is she receives the ball and with either one or two touches, she will play a pass that either completely changes the direction of play um, or is like a through ball to take people out or is like a layoff to someone else uh, to take a strike. And she just seems to do this consistently in yeah. a in a way that like you think there's you think there's not a pass on and she will find something that no one else saw and she will find a way to make it happen and there are moments of skill there are like drag backs and like turns and back hills and this and that but it's not a Tobin Heath uh, freestyling flery kind of thing it's more uh, to use a very German thing, it's more efficient. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, yeah, I was. I'm glad you said that because I was trying to f- find a way not to say that. Yeah, yeah. What I was gonna say is that I feel like she consistently makes the complicated look easy, yes. and I think she does that because she doesn't make the complicated complicated. Yes. Uh, so, like, and I guess what I mean by that is that you you'll see her make simple, smart passes, basic passes. You'll see her make like like high rated ra- like rating of difficulty passing as well, and long mm-hmm. balls over the top. But then there's other little moments, like I saw one of the goals she scored. Uh, I forget who squared it for her, but like. Like it was just this sort of like outside-of-the-foot finish from like six yards out into an open goal, but it's almost a just like casual no-look. Like, oh yeah, I'm just going to put it in the goal and then trot over to give you a high five, like which shows you how often Leon are scoring, but it also <laughs> shows you that she just sort of has that confidence in her ability that a move that should be sort of difficult and require a little bit more attention, she yep. can just kind of pull off and continue on her way.
0: So my guess is that the efficiency is all about she just needs to open up a little bit of mm-hmm. space and then she can sort of, execute the thing, the thing that she's seen, the thing that she's seen with her vision, she can make that happen if you just give her a tiny bit of space. The other thing to know about Jennifer Marachan, she can cross a ball as well. Yeah, so can. part of this part of this German theme of accurate technical crossing or just accurate crossing, involves Marachan. She's the central attacking midfielder, but again that front four that she's part of, rotates all around, so she'll pop up on the right, she'll pop up on the left and she'll be serving balls in, looking for the head of Alexandra Popp. I saw, I saw one, I, I can't
1: remember, it might have been against France a little bit ago, but I could be wrong but I saw one where she gets the ball, she gets like, like, sort, sort of center left turns and plays it all the way wide onto the right channel. And then follows her cross and get, and like gets the drop back and then crosses it into the box for a header <laughs> that I think ends up uh, being safe for a corner. But it's just that like she crosses from one side, then gets the ball and crosses into an attacking position. She's again all over the place, but makes it look easy.
0: So this is why I think possible golden ball winner. Okay. This really could be her tournament. I also think this could be Germany's tournament. I think they should be because I know they're not at home, but mm. they're in the country next door, right? <laughs> yes. So there's there's a good chance that they are like one. I mean, I think they're one of the favourites for this tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay. Couple of concerns though. I'm like, I'm borderline. Like, there's a lot of like jokes
1: up there in my head, but I will avoid them about Germans playing in France.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I deliberately <laughs> there did not go. reference. There those. we go. Okay. deliberately did not reference <laughs> yes. those. Um, here's one concern mm-hmm. for Germany. Weirdly, it's the goalkeeper, um, Almut Schult. Okay. Almut Schult. She's been the goalkeeper for a long time. She's the established goalkeeper. But she had measles in February. Oh. Right. So she's back from that. But from what I've read, that's not good. And from what I've seen. She's not quite as good as she was before the measles, right? So it takes it out of you, right? It's a serious disease. Um, so I watched a game against Japan. They tied two- two with Japan, two, two. Both Japan goals were short, um, miss-hitting passes playing it directly to Japanese attackers. Both of the goals came from that. So I don't know if this is a problem just with the distribution or just concentration or just maybe she is suddenly has this weird like occasional error in mm-hmm. her. But I would keep an eye on Almuth Schultz just because she is the trusted goalkeeper. Yeah. But maybe because of uh, recent illnesses, maybe she's not quite as good as she was. A little bit like how Germany in 2018 took Manuel Neuer to the World Cup after just coming back from fitness. And in the end, it maybe turned out to be a mistake. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so we'll see if she – so keep an eye on if she makes a mistake. Or even if maybe we don't see her play every game in the tournament because maybe they try to do something a little bit differently. So, yeah, a good thing to keep an eye on.
0: Uh, One extra thing I want to talk about um, is the coach Oh yeah, uh, Martina Voss-Tecklenburg. She's a former player, former German national team player. She was the Swiss the Swiss, excuse me, Swiss coach mm-hmm. at the 2015 World Cup. Um the German Federation wanted her, but she had to see out her contract. So she didn't take over until November 2018. So she only had a few months in charge. But from what I've seen... Commiserations to the German coach before her? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> um, from what I've seen it's working, I just want to point out that, basically, I really like her because she's one of those coaches that prowls the technical area, mm-hmm. yelling instructions and encouragement at her players for the entire game.
1: All right. But, Martina
0: Voss teklenberg But, Tecklenburg.
1: but the, goal, the goalkeeper's name was... Almuth Schultz. And... and I do wonder, though, if, like, if she continues to have those mistakes, if uh, the coach coming in so late into kind of, like, or in relation to, like, the World Cup starting, I do wonder if maybe she has less sympathy as a result than maybe it is, like, hey, you made a couple mistakes, we're going to have to go with somebody
0: else. So far, not dropped. Okay. Yeah, and the first game for Germany is against China, mm-hmm. right, which is... Kind of a challenge, but it's not like playing one of the favorites. So nah, We'll see. <laughs> oh, I mean, you'll know more than me because you'll be previewing them very soon. I think they're yes. up next. Yes, right? they are. Um, all right, final final thing I want to talk mm-hmm. about, if you've got any more questions, is just a quick mention of the domestic league because we see that as like a measure mm-hmm. of the strength of women's soccer. Um, the Bundesliga has been around since 1990. All right. uh, there are 12 teams. Uh, there are players on the roster... It's like the most players on the roster are from Wolfsburg and Bayern Munich because those are the two dominant teams. They have four players each on the roster. But then there's a good spread of the other German teams. Frankfurt, Essen, Turbine, Potsdam and Freiburg all have um, a couple of players each, plus, obviously, a couple of players at Lyon. Yes, of (laughs) course. On one at PSG. So the only sort of non-German-based players are the three who are in France. Okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. There you go. That makes
1: sense to me. All right, so we're going to talk about their uh, first opponent's China, in a moment. But first, we're going to talk about
0: today's sponsor, Away Days. Yes, Away Days football are back. Mm -hmm. Um, Away Days is an independent clothing brand uh, based in Boston. They have all all kinds of great uh, Away Days-branded clothing, t-shirts, beanies, hoodies, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. They also are the purveyors of the famous mystery kit. Mm-hmm. Taylor, tell me all about the mystery kit. Uh, I love hearing it every time.
1: Sure. It uh, features smaller clubs from many countries. Uh, you pick your size, you receive a mystery kit, 100% authentic and brand new. So uh, not pre-worn. That's good. Yeah. Not kind of knockoffs that are the approximation of the jersey. It's the official jersey <laughs> like tourist towns. of a mystery team. Exactly. The yes. official jersey yes.
0: of a mystery team. But worth pointing out, that the $25 mystery kit can be from any season, mm-hmm. right? So you could get the Tash kit. Yep. It could be from 2015, right? I kind of like that because it's part of what makes it cool mm-hmm. to me. But uh, Away Days have introduced the 2018-19 collection.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, I want to add really quickly before we do that, though. Yeah. I, I, it is the case that like sometimes when you're then looking at the like any jersey from the past from this team... That can sort of coincide with the jerseys that didn't sell out, which were therefore the unpopular jerseys. All of the jerseys that I have seen our listeners get, the ones that we have gotten, they're all very nice looking. They're all, yeah. like, none of them are, like, clearly the ugly one that no one wanted, so there was a huge <laughs> stockpile remaining. Have
0: you seen the Wolves one from the 90s with it's got, like, tire marks all over it? Oh, boy. It was very unpopular. All right. Yeah, yeah that
1: is not there. That's not on there. No, just, That's like, on the nice Wolves ones, if they have Wolves <laughs> ones at all.
0: Maybe Wolves are too big now to be part of the, uh, the regular mystery kit. Easy. Easy. It's not true, is it? <laughs> I mean, um, seventh in the Premier League. <laughs> so the regular mystery kit is $25. Yep. It's exciting to see what comes in the mail. Um, the 2018-19 mystery kit collection is $40. Um, same sort of deal, except it's guaranteed to be from the current season. And it might be a bigger team. You can leave a note saying, if you're a, an Arsenal fan, you can definitely leave a note saying do not send me a Spurs kit. <laughs> yes. Right?
1: I, I do appreciate that Yes, that would be kind of a bummer. Yes,
0: you can, you can make certain requests. I wouldn't request a specific team though. I really would leave it up to Away Days to send you uh, a, a mystery mystery kit yeah. because that's part of the fun. Yeah,
1: and then uh, knowing that the jerseys won't burn, you can then be that fan who tries to set the jersey on fire <laughs> in protest and then it doesn't work and you look foolish.
0: So it's awaydaysfootball.com is the URL. Mm-hmm. The link will be in the show notes. It's also on our website. Um, for 15% up, 1-5. One 1-5. Five. One five, use the discount code TSS. There it is. That's, TSS for that's, 15% off.
1: That's awaydaysfootball.com for 15% off with the code TSS. Thank you very much to Awaydays for sponsoring today's episode of The Total Soccer Show. All
0: right, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Tell me all about China.
1: I shall do so by telling you, first of all, that their nickname is the Steel Roses, though the Guardian says it's the Iron Roses. Everywhere else I've seen it reported, it's the Steel Roses. Those that are might, two different metals. It might just be a translation issue. But that doesn't matter because I've got their better nickname. At least for me, it's the better nickname. It's the Enigmas. They probably won't think that's better the than Enigmas. the Steel Roses. But yes, it's the so, Enigmas.
0: An Enigma is something that like you can't quite figure out. Exactly. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, th- because there's lots of changes to this team. And I'm unsure of their quality due to the domestic league as well. And I'm kind of unsure of their roster because they made some changes last minute that I did not see coming.
0: Okay, So switcheroos.
1: Yeah, for example, uh, Lina Yang, who's a player that I thought was going to be... Very very key for them in midfield. She started most of their recent games. She looked good from the footage that I had seen. I was all prepared to talk about her. She was dropped from the World Cup squad. I think they had announced a like 27-person roster, uh, pruned down to 23. She's yeah. not there. So there's a few players like that, and then, as I said, the domestic league is sort of in a state of change is right it now, full
0: of money. Because remember, like even from the, the last couple previews, yeah. we saw a lot of players ended up playing in China because money was thrown at them.
1: Yes and no is the answer. That okay. basically, it's a league that has been kind of struggling to kick off struggling to kind of get to that next level and that's kind of representative of the Chinese uh, women's national team that we think of them as being this powerhouse team that's kind of more so rude in the past especially in 1999 yeah that's
0: that's why I think of them as really good is because they were the competitor to the US in 1999 yeah
1: and so they've been struggling a little bit but 20 years ago there is money coming into the league a lot of it coming from from what I understand corporations are starting Mm -hmm. to put more money behind certain teams so I think that's why we are starting to see the influx of foreign
0: players yeah,
1: uh, the biggest uh, team which doesn't
0: necessarily help the domestic team uh,
1: no not all so right. much uh, the biggest one would be uh, Dalian Kwanjian uh, again pronunciation I apologize the yeah. yeah they've won the last three seasons four of their players are on this roster um, they hired away PSG's manager to come and manage in China um, they had players like Asisata Shwola yep. Isabel Herlovson they all played for them in the past not so much anymore but I think Asisata is still there uh, Herlovson is obviously okay. not um, so but like It's a small team, uh, eight teams. Uh, The bottom team is relegated. Here's an example of kind of where the league is. The bottom team this year that was relegated, Heavy China Fortune. We know them from the men's side. Uh, Zero wins, zero draws, 14 losses, four goals for, 74 against. All
0: right. So I'm interested. Why are you telling me so much about the domestic league?
1: Because that's part of what we're talking about okay. when it comes to the previews. All right. So I guess when I'm, well, and also because you asked about it, I do believe <laughs> is why we're talking about fair. it. That's fair. Um But it, but it, it goes back to my point of like so it seems like they're like Dalian Quanjing like Quanjing is a uh, very strong team, but I don't know if that's because the league is so weak or because they're playing very good soccer or a combination of the two. So that's kind of what makes it difficult to me. I compare it to like uh, like in France with the women's side where you have Leon who are incredibly dominant, but there are other teams in there who are equally, not equally strong, but still very, very strong. I don't know if the kind of second tier teams in China are quite that strong. Okay. So again, it informs why I'm less confident about the team. I'm also not as confident because their run of form currently is not ideal. The national uh, team. Yeah, they lost all three matches at the 2019 Argolf Cup. Uh, 3-1 to Norway, 1-0 to Denmark, 1-1 to Netherlands, losing on penalties. So against European opposition, not quite as strong. Doing better uh, against AFC competition. but So there's just these little things that sort of while I think China will be a strong team and a good team, I don't know if they're going to be that kind of Chinese team that pushes on to the next level to get to a level where they've been before, like, say, 1999. So
0: we're talking mid-tier in this competition, but Yes, I yeah, think okay. so.
1: And I think part of that uh, is because of their style of play. Uh, oh, yeah. I think we're going to see them in, in something approximating a 4-4-2 with an emphasis on defensive uh, solidity. And then, like kind of key attacking players running the show I equate it with what we talked about with Egypt if Mohamed Salah had been healthy at the 2018 World Cup it was going to be very defensive and then yeah. looking for their two give kept, the bottom exactly <laughs> like their two key attacking players to hopefully make something happen yeah. the rest of the time we're going to kind of sit back and defend that's what I would expect
0: So that's what China's going to do yes and they also wear red so. and they
1: also wear red it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect it's perfect so
0: who are those key attacking players sure, uh, right?
1: you've got two different ones I'm going to start with uh, Wang Shan 29 uh, year old forward for Tianjin Hussein, uh, top scorer at the 2018 Asian Games, partially because she scored nine against Tajikistan. Yes. So there's that.
0: I'll say, I, I mm-hmm. in researching her, I watched all nine goals. I don't feel like I learned anything about her because mm-hmm. there were uh, there's a lot of tap-ins and Tajikistan made it too easy, mm-hmm. basically.
1: That's why you go watch her <laughs> uh, put three past Thailand, yes, which okay. she did. Uh, she did that in the uh, Asian Games quarterfinals. Yeah, and that helped me kind of better understand her. And I. Like, I'm sure she would not love this classification, but I would say she's the less graceful of the two attackers, but more China <laughs> she trips over sh- her own feet. No, more so like she's kind of the battering ram when it comes to attacking <laughs> options. It's a lot of flick-ons for uh, her partner, Wang Shuang, yeah. who is the other one I want to talk about. Uh, but it's flick-ons, hold-up play, aggressive running and tackling. She seems to very much enjoy 50-50 challenges, especially aerial challenges. So she's sort of the one who I think they'll look to if it is ch- China kind of sitting deep and looking long. I think they're looking for her head to flick on to her kind of attacking...
0: compatriot yeah, yeah.
1: or to hold up to link with her attacking compatriot so which Wang is
0: Wang Shanshan and Wang Shuang yes yeah.
1: exactly uh, Wang Shuang is a 24 year old midfielder for PSG she's the only player in this uh, China team who plays outside of China okay. for PSG 6 goals 49 appearances for China uh, 18 appearances 7 goals from midfield for PSG this past season in a half a season so that's a, a good result for her and she plays in a sort of free floating role uh, for them for PSG in a I think they go with like a 3-4 one two she's that one she's kind of allowed to drift around and do what she wants and that's basically what she'll do for China as well she's sort of given free reign to roam around to do defensive work if she wants to but if she wants to kind of stay up top a little bit more also that's fine
0: what I saw of her because I watched some highlights Mm -hmm. when she's on the ball she seems very like improvisy. Yes. So just figure her way out of situations. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah I think Yeah. I think that that's fair. And I think part of that is because from what I saw, I found her to be very good at finding space between the lines so okay. that she tends to get the like ball. Between the
0: defensive line and the midfield line. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And But then because she can do that, she then sort of puts herself in an advantageous position when it comes to attacking because if you get that ball in space and you can turn, now either you're going at the defense with a full head of steam without pressure immediately on you or you have a defender trying to step out, but then they're sort of making a a not necessarily calculated defensive play, but more a kind of panicky defensive play. And that's what you want if you're an attacker who can figure things out. And so I think that's where it kind of suits her game a little bit more.
0: So you said probably four four two, I know mm-hmm. it's hard to tell, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably four four two. but is it the two forwards will be Wang and Wang?
1: That would be my yeah. guess, yes. And it'll be mm-hmm. Wang,
0: Shan Shan, battering Ram, yep. maybe flicking on. And Wang Shuang doing more of the um, creative, uh, more aesthetically pleasing stuff.
1: I think so. <laughs> I, but I will say that uh, Wang Shuang, who can score goals herself, but I don't see her look to shoot first. That doesn't seem to be a thing she's trying to do. Like, she yeah. gets the ball between the lines, she turns and has a crack. Not so much. It seems to be that she's trying to pull people out of positions to then play balls through. Now, that might be more of a thing she does at club
0: level than for the national team. Yeah, because it's probably that thing of, like, you're one of the, the good yeah. PSG players, but, like, you go to China. From what I can tell, she's probably the best player on the team. Yes. Yeah. I I would say so. A little yes. bit like G, uh, G for China. Uh, sorry for Korea. Yes, maybe mm-hmm. she's too good for a teammate. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, we shall find out. She also takes all their set pieces and corners for PSG and for China. So, okay. look for her to be a little bit deadly on corners and even more deadly on free kicks. Okay, um, but. My final thing I wanted to mention with China uh, is sort of like why I again say they're the enigmas, is that the Guardian uh, profile talks all about how manager jie uh, Zhukuan, a uh, 55-year-old, mostly from the men's side. Uh, t- he's been in charge since 2018 of the China women's national team. But like that profile talked about how he kind of had dropped Zhang Rui, uh, who was their most experienced defensive midfielder. She's in this squad. Like, so, like, the Guardian profile talked about how she had been excluded. She wasn't going to be a part of this team. She's in this team, and I would expect her to start as okay. one of their holding midfielders. So, that's where I'm sort of confused because different sources are saying different things about who's in and who's out and who's in favour and who's not and who's in form and who's not. From what I could tell, I would say uh, Wang and Wang will be your your two strikers. Yep. Uh, I would say Zhang Rui will be your kind of defensive midfielder. I would guess partnered by uh, a more up-and-coming midfielder named uh, Tan Ruin. I would say that's going to be your midfield combination and the players that will probably be involved in the attack.
0: And I'm not asking you to predict a score, but mm-hmm. how do you think they match up to a team like Germany? Who are, like, I I was arguing is one of the favourites in their competition. like with. Are they going to just hold on for dear life and try and get something on the counter kind of thing? Uh,
1: that would be my guess, yes. and so I, they're and not
0: like confident enough to be like, we're as good as Germany, let's go toe-to-toe with them?
1: Certainly not that, but I think your classification is even more accurate because I also, based on what I've read and what I have watched, I also think that it, you're not necessarily looking at a team that are ultra-defensively disciplined – and then can counterattack. I think you will have vulnerabilities because there are some question marks about who starts where. Uh, Peng Ximeng is their 21 year old goalkeeper, but she has not been their goalkeeper until this year. It's been a more veteran goalkeeper who was like 26 or 27, and so Peng kind of comes in and is starting now. But again, to me, that speaks to you don't have this sort of solidified uh, like four defenders with a holding midfielder in front that you are confident is going to be there yeah. and a confident goalkeeper. It's sort of like maybe this is who they're going to trot out, and I think they're going to be really defensive, but. I I don't know if that necessarily lends itself to they're going to be super disciplined and organized and then look to break on the counter. I think it will be more so hold on for dear life and then look to break on the counter. So
0: we'll really cuz their first game is against yep. Germany, right? Mm-hmm. On the second day of the tournament, uh, June 8th. So we'll really find out if this Chinese team's any good when they, yes. when they face Pop and Marushan and Anko. Yes, yeah. exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And and I should clarify, they may be very well adept at doing just that. And mm-hmm. they may frustrate Germany, and I think they will take a a slight loss to Germany because I think they probably back themselves certainly against South Africa and then I think maybe they're looking to that game against Spain as the one that they're going to want to really on probably the game for the line. second place, yep. right? Mm-hmm.
0: That's probably. Um, based on our research. That would so be my guess, yes. Do you want to hear about Spain now? I do want to hear about it? Spain, please. Okay. Spain is on the rise, mm-hmm. right? Spain is on the rise. Um, this is only their second ever World Cup, right? Their first one was uh, 2015. They did not get out of the group. So I think the target for Spain this this tournament is get out of the group, that'll be like a historic achievement, and it'll be sort of a, a just reward for the work that's been put in um, over the last few years, right? Um, the other thing to know um, about Spain is their U-17s last year won the U-17 World Cup. Okay. Their U-20s last year came runners-up at the U-20 World Cup. All right. So Spain is on the rise. I like, mean,
1: I'm just going to throw this out there on the men's side. The the team that did that at last World Cup made it to the final.
0: All right. in <laughs> England. <laughs> And a couple of those players from the U-20s um, are on this roster, mm-hmm. but it's not like that generation is quite yet in the Spanish first team. Uh- Basically, I'm saying there are more players coming through after this tournament, so Mm -hmm. it looks good for Spain uh, going forward.
1: That's telling, because from what I saw, it seems like it looks good for Spain right now.
0: I think, yeah, my take is they're not Germany, they're not France, they're not England, they're not the US, but they're maybe like top of the second tier.
1: I like that you Uh, snuck England in there, but sure. Semi-finalists (laughs) last time around.
0: believes Cup winners, I believe. I believe you're correct. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the Spanish nickname Mm -hmm. is predictably... La Roja? La Roja. La Foria Roja? Just yeah. La Roja. The, okay. red, the red one, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it should be Atletico Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> because...
1: That's a great name and I agree.
0: From this 23, five players play for Atletico Madrid. Ten players play for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you see them play, they play a very Barcelona-ish style. I'm talking about the Barcelona sort of almost Dutch-influenced Cruyff type style, yeah. which means 4-3-3, um, one pivot, the pivot... Uh, Will be uh, Sylvia Messiger. so you have mm-hmm. one pivot. She can be one of my key players to talk about. Then you have a centre forward and two wide attackers, and then when you have the ball, those wide attackers pull wide, the fullbacks pull wide, and you stretch teams out. A bit bareheltary because mm-hmm. he's influenced by the Dutch um, as well. And then there's going to be a little bit of pressing, but a lot of counter pressing. So when Spain lose the ball, they try and win it back straight away. All this sounds very familiar, right? It's it does. all in the Barcelona style, um, and the style I'm guessing comes from the coach, yeah. um, Jorge Vilda maybe George Vilda, because he's Barcelona-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he took over after the last World Cup because it was considered a failure not to get out of the group at 2015 uh, World Cup. He cut his teeth. So he he was um, uh, a young professional at Barcelona. That's where he came through. Then he cut his teeth. His entire managerial experience is assistant coaching and then head coaching various Spanish women's youth national teams. Okay. Since 2009. Mm-hmm. So this generation of players that are the senior team right now, a lot of them will have worked with him in the past. There's a lot of player and coach familiarity going on there, which and I think is always a good thing. And that you
1: have players from those teams or that generation involved in this team is a good indicator. If it was like, he's he's managed at these levels, and the players that should be there from those levels are not there. Uh-oh. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not good. <laughs> so, you want to hear about key players? I do, but I wanted to ask you one quick question, yeah. which maybe factors into key players. So, when you're talking about kind of the style that they are playing, yeah. that definitely necessitates very good technical on-the-ball yeah. ability. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like uh, Spain has that technical ability across the team to kind of back that up? Yes. The footage okay.
0: I've seen of them, everyone looks technically sound. Everyone can play those quick, short passes, but not in a devastating Barcelona 2009 kind of okay. way. Right? It's still like when that comes up against, say, the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. Didn't they play the U.S. in January? Mm-hmm. Um, played really well. Lost 1-0. Yeah, you know what I'm saying so it's like it's there but it's not there to a devastating level but it does make them enjoyable to watch because I'm glad that there's a team that's really trying to play soccer what some would consider the right way or at least an enjoyable way a pleasant to watch kind of way fair?
1: Fair indeed right.
0: Um, key players the player I really want to talk about and the player you'll probably hear the most about is Jennifer Emoso aka Jenny And I'm I'm taking this from Spanish commentators. Mm -hmm. They seem to go by a lot of first names, nickname stuff. So Jennifer Emoso, a.k.a. Jenny, um, is the number 10 center forward. She'll move around a bit because the front three in that sort of uh, system uh, rotate a bit. But she's basically the center forward. This striker has the best posture when finishing of any player I have ever seen. See, you saw the footage, right?
1: hmm I, I I think I'm willing to go with you. I, I don't I hesitate on best ever, but I'm with you that like Name yes. one better. It's but it's also a lot of within the posture, it's a lot of like still gesturing. It's a lot of yes. pointing and directing traffic, but also kind of indicating where uh-huh. the ball should be or where the ball's gonna go. I, I enjoyed that immensely. And yes. the
0: reason I think it's important, this isn't just an aesthetic thing. Having... I
1: feel like Dimitar Berbatov is up there for me in oh, posture. interest That's about well, that's the one that comes to mind.
0: He's maybe a, a good parallel because what I think yeah. of with her posture. Is everything looks super calm because mm-hmm. on it you've seen the players who panic they do get hunched over
1: right I, I have in my notes for her there's an an air of inevitability
0: yes and so I'm talking like perfectly straight back yep. like head up and then she'll be like facing the wrong direction but just side footing a volley in yes you know what I'm saying yeah here's, it just looks effortless
1: can can I give you my my best way I can explain this yeah. It's like you know. I don't want to bring up painful memories because it goes back to, I think, England losing to Germany. But you know that goal that happens where, like, the forward, like, goes in and then squares it, and you can't see the other forward who's clearly on rushing yeah. to just crush the ball into the back of the net, and you know it's coming, but you don't know necessarily, and then the forward is there and scores. That is uh, Jenny. Because, it, like, I kept, to your point, like, I just kept seeing this, like, she's got the ball. I was like, oh, she's going to score. And even when her back was to goal, there was just this air of ine- inevitability about, like, she's going to turn and she's going to hit this perfectly. She did it. Top corner.
0: Yes, she also perfectly represents this squad because yeah. she spent a long time at Barcelona and she now plays for Atletico Madrid. There we go.
1: Perfect. <laughs>
0: um, it's worth thinking, when you think about the front three, I don't know exactly who it's going to be. It's definitely going to be Jenny, mm-hmm. MSO number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably Amanda San Pedro will be on the right. She'll wear number 19. You'll see her because she has sort of short hair on the side. Longish hair on the top, but she pushes it all up and bleaches it. There we so go. So she's really like an eye-catching player in okay. that way, and then she's very when dribbly, you, lots of skills. When
1: you say pushes it all up, are we talking like nine, like eighties mohawk here, or do you just mean like it sort of just sits on the top of the head?
0: Uh, like, like just pushed pushed up like this. Okay, you know right. what I'm saying like okay. hair straight up almost. Okay, not not like solidly straight up like mohawk. It's a mm-hmm. little messier all than right. that, but it just it it sort of is an indicator of her sort of. Uh, impactful, flary kind of style. Right. Lots of saying, skills coming down the right. If
1: we get like it a full-on punk, punk rock mohawk, I'm in. Okay. I'm down for whatever team that is. She
0: may do it special for the world. All right. On the left, I think it'll be Mariona Caldente. She'll mm-hmm. wear number nine. But you, So you'll have this front three of Jenny, Central, um, San Pedro on the right, Caldente um, on the left. I think they may mix it up a little
1: bit. All right, and then they've got Messi in the middle.
0: Sort of. Yeah. Sylvia Messiger. Uh-huh. You, do people call her Messi? Do that's you that's what I
1: saw on Y-Scout. That, okay. was, that was what she was listed as there. Was, that Messi, was thing, Like you know. Messi highlights, Messi goals, all that stuff. So yeah. she's
0: not a Messi-style player. Mm-mm. If I'm going to compare her to a player that people know, it's probably because of this Barcelona style. Her position is like a Sergio Busquets type thing. She is the pivot. She's the deepest midfielder. She, for the Spanish national team, mm-hmm. she is the one who's always showing for the ball like the centre-backs give the ball to her. Yeah. Crucially, She's not sitting between them when she receives it. She's already in midfield. Yeah, that's that's
1: where I would say. Like, I'm assuming that her nickname is more so related to her last name being Messagor, yeah, yeah. than it is her bike being the incarnation of Messi. Yeah, but but I do think there there are. Some similarities in the sense that the times that I did see her get the ball, she well, I saw her get the ball a lot because she seems to be the one who wants the ball. You can yep. kind of see her demanding it. There was one where like her her teammate kind of took a little bit of a heavy touch at club level and she just swooped in and took the ball and went with yep. it. a Lot of and, interceptions as yeah, well and yeah,
0: recoveries like that.
1: Yeah, but like but like from her own teammate, like you could tell she was the one that's like, no, give me the ball. I'm gonna make things happen. Yeah. And like you kind of want that in in that midfield engine. And I yep. saw a lot of confident dribbling and confident decision-making
0: from yeah, her. Yeah, so what what kind of mesmerized me about Sylvia Messager is it's a lot of simple passes, just rotating the ball, rotating the ball, rotating mm-hmm. the ball. But then suddenly she'll nutmeg someone and all the space will open up. Yep. She'll just create space with like or a cut or a move or something because it's almost like people aren't expecting it because they've got used to her just uh, metronomically keep passing it around. You know what I mean? So yeah. suddenly she'll she'll make a burst happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sylvia Messager, the pivot, number 15, definitely a player to watch. Uh,
1: And I'm going to assume that you are as excited as I am to see Germany and Spain play each other. Because that feels like it could be a contrast of styles or it could be like two similar styles going up against each other and kind of the variations and improvisations that will be Think of the uh, idea uh, of
0: Germany trying to force Spain inside Mm -hmm. but then Spain have players like uh, Messiger who Mm -hmm. can Rotate the ball, right? They've got other players like Putellas, who will maybe be like the left center mid, who can also rotate the ball. It'll be hard to take the ball off them, right. right? So yeah, that that should be exciting.
1: All right. I'm I'm pumped for that. I'm pumped to hear more about their league as well, if you don't mind. Because oh, okay. we've, I've we've one, mentioned two. I've
0: got I've got an extra thing to tell you before we okay. get to the league though. Um, Sort of based on some of the research you did for the Top Draw Soccer Show Mm -hmm. when you went through the 10 young players to watch. Ah, yes. Spain do have a couple of the youngsters from that U20 team Mm -hmm. who have made this roster. They probably won't start, but they're worth keeping an eye on when they come on. Patricia uh, Mm Gujaro, who I believe you nicknamed The Cobra... (laughs) Did I? <laughs> yes. All right. For her sort of uh, shots from distance that you don't see coming. All uh, right. So Patricia Gohara, she's the twenty-one. She's twenty-one now. Again, time has lost. our meaning. For yeah. Sure. Apparently, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's only th- a week ago. Right? Yeah. Um, she won the Golden Ball and the Golden Boot at last year's Under Twenty World Cup, where Spain finished runners up. That's not right? bad. So That's she's not, not going to start for the Spain team, but when she comes off the bench, it's worth knowing she's the Golden Ball winner mm-hmm. and the Golden Boot winner from the last U20 World Cup. Right, so keep an eye on uh, Patricia Gujaro um, and Atiana Bonmati, uh, mm-hmm. uh, number eighteen, only twenty-one. Lots of quick turns. I've, I've got a feel. I haven't seen this written anywhere. I think she might be a huge fan of Johan Cruyff. Lots of Cruyff turns. I've seen her wearing number 14 a lot. She's not in this tournament, she's wearing number 18, but I've seen her wearing number 14 yep. in a way that's like, I want to be Johan Cruyff. So lots of like, nice turns, acceleration, and clever through balls.
1: Now she's Cruyff, but just four better.
0: There we go. There we go. Yeah. So that's um, Etana Bonmati. Mm-hmm. You want to hear about La Liga Femenino? I do because Feminino, I, I hear
1: me. a lot about Barcelona and here and a lot about Atleti, and I'm yeah. assuming that that is uh, not a coincidence.
0: It is not. Bilbao, okay as well, but mm-hmm. yeah. Let's go over the league the last three years in a row, I think, Barcelona Barcelona. Barcelona won it a bunch before that. Barca made the Champions League final Mm -hmm. this year where they lost to to Lyon. Yeah, La Liga, uh, Femenino. Benoit is 98, 16 teams in the Primera División, 32 teams in the Segunda. None of those teams is called Real Madrid. (laughs) That's...
1: In interesting and yes. surprising. There's a rumour that... Um, because sort And of I mean it interesting in the way my wife means it when she says interesting, <laughs> which means it's bad. It means you're
0: in trouble. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Very interesting, Madrid. It's interesting. <laughs> so apparently they're going to sort of reformat this a little bit where you have to have a licence with the federation to run a team in La Liga femenino next year. And apparently Real Madrid are gonna, might be getting in on it next season. Mm-hmm. So far, no Real Madrid. And the way I think of this is... In every crisis, there's an opportunity, right? If you think of this roster is made up mostly of Barcelona and Atletico Madrid players, because those are the teams that have invested resources, mm-hmm. like uh, basically from the club, that, of those clubs that have a lot of money, so they invest. Once Real Madrid gets in the game, that's a whole lot of, extra, if they do it seriously, that's a whole lot of extra investment in Spanish football. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Once they don't have to pay Gareth Bale's wages, <laughs> it's a whole lot of extra investment <laughs> in wondering. Spanish football that could happen.
1: Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're focused on that right now. We'll see if they get into it later Yeah, on. All right. <laughs> Uh, any other points on Spain?
0: No, I think I've made a lot of points on all Spain. All right, then right? we should
1: probably uh, finish up this group then. But first, we should
0: talk about today's sponsor. Yes, it's fbref.com. Uh, it's a football reference website. The, the These people are experienced doing stats with uh, basketball, baseball, all that stuff. Now they're in the soccer game. And specifically, they're in the, I mean, they're in the men's soccer game as mm-hmm. well, but they're in the women's soccer game. They now have full rosters for all the World Cup teams. You can see the stats on all the players.
1: Mm-hmm. You can, which I appreciate because... Uh, For me, coming up when we talk about South Africa, I enjoyed being able to figure out or being able to see uh, how many minutes each of their players have played for the South African national team. It does give you an indicator of like, Okay, this player has a bunch of caps, but they have significantly fewer minutes than this player who has fewer caps. You kind of know one of them is playing whole games, one of them is only oh, making yeah, the caps, right? That is definitely the case. Yeah. But then it also helps you because they've got also individual breakdowns of specific seasons. Not all seasons because there are many leagues, yeah. but for it's, example. It's all being added, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but for one of the players I'm going to be talking about for South Africa, uh, when she played for Houston, she had 16 appearances and her goal scoring ratio was not very good. It was only 0.48, uh, yeah, 0.48 per game. So you look at that and you're like, oh, she. Like, That's a
0: goal every game almost. It,
1: it is. Mm. But then, so you're right, it's fine. But then you look at it within the context of her goals plus assist rate, that is at 1.2. Okay. So now she's getting sort of some uh, sort of statistical uh, like point yeah. every single game. That means
0: you start her, there's going to be a goal.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that, again, it helps you kind of see that, like, okay, so she can do both, and either way she makes her team better, that's the type of information you need.
0: So as well as just going to fbref.com mm-hmm. and looking at all the soccer stats, there's also a newsletter you can sign up for. I did so, and I got the first one. I got sent a group A preview. Oh, in really? The first uh, StatEd email that I received. Yeah. How do we do? One of the. Uh, I mean, it doesn't like contradict anything we said. Okay, so that's
1: good. They weren't like, "Here's what Total Soccer Show got wrong in our <laughs> newsletter." <laughs> no, we're we're we're, we're sponsoring them to troll. <laughs>
0: they actually had some good like trivia style stats. Mm-hmm. Um, so, talking about France hosting in Group A. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you going to quiz me right now? No, I'm not going to quiz you. I'm good. just going to tell you some stats. Okay. Um, every host country, every team that's hosted the World Cup has made it at least as far as the quarterfinal. True. True. <laughs> USA is the only host country to win it. True. Yeah. No, I am on this trivia.
1: All right. But it's just worth
0: noting that there's mm-hmm. not a long history of teams hosting and winning the World Cup. So it's not – we shouldn't maybe put so much stock in France hosting like they're going to win it. Okay. Fair? I'm still going to, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, also in the email, a list of Women's World Cup all-time top scorers. True. Do you want me, uh, do you want me to quiz you or do you want me – No, I'm just enjoying okay. getting every answer right If you so don't far. want me to quiz you, stop saying true. Okay. <laughs> okay. True. The all-time <laughs> top scorer mm-hmm. at the Women's World Cup – Is still active. It's Marta. Of course. With 15. Of course. Marta has 15 goals already, and she's playing again for Brazil in this tournament I'm pretty sure yeah Um, no the face I'm
1: making is somebody is not far off because I was surprised that they hadn't surpassed it like it might is Alex Morgan on
0: that list okay nope Uh, Bridget Prince and Mm. Abby Wambach are second with 14 okay Um, there's a few more after that the only other active player who was on at least as far down as the stats went only has nine goals it's Christine Sinclair with Canada she needs a double hat trick to (laughs) to catch Marta I
1: definitely thought somebody had 12 but I must be mistaken my apologies not an active
0: player according to the list I got um, from fbref.com in their newsletter
1: I take it back and I apologize and see this is what happens when I say true the whole time I end up uh, being false <laughs> but FB Ref is not false they've it got all not. the information you need all the stats you need uh, so go to fbref.com uh, and as Daryl uh, indicated you can sign up for their newsletter I recommend it it's uh, in the nav bar the FBref newsletter link in the bar at the top of the page
0: ready for some more World Cup previewing?
1: I am, and I think it's my turn, which I mean, I think means it's South Africa. It is. I think so. I set a lot of thinking in there.
0: So I don't know a lot about South mm-hmm. Africa, but I'm going to guess, because I haven't heard of many of their players, that they're in trouble in this group. Correct. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So
1: on both accounts, you have not heard of many of the players <laughs> in this team, and they probably are in trouble, yes. So South Africa, nickname uh, Banyana Banyana, which is, I believe, Zulu for the girls, the girls.
0: Oh, so like Bafana Bafana, the boys, the boys. There you go. Yes. Uh, uh, I like it. That's my favorite nickname so far.
1: And my TSS nickname... Bear with me here. It's either the second stories or the third floors, and I think I'm going to make it the third floors. Okay, okay, because while like South Af like while women soccer in South Africa is not necessarily at its infancy, it's def- definitely not at the ground level right now. So they're past the ground level, yeah. Uh, which but like they're sort of. In, like, above that, but not quite to, the, like, the next level. So that's why I have them at, like, the third story. Because they've well, gone from establishing their establishing their program in, the like, the early 90s to then starting to qualify for things. They qualified for the Olympics in 2012 and 2016. This yeah. is the first time they've been at a World Cup, though. So I'm saying right. the Olympic qualification in 2012, that was the second story. Yep. Now, World Cup qualification, we're on to the third story. All right. But I would say there are other kind of competitors in this group they're like on like 26 story buildings <laughs> that sort of level i think is where we are okay. um and like and it's worth so noting, not scraping any skies no and they're also not really having that much success so far at competitions outside of africa they've okay. done um fine at uh african cup of nations uh but that's like and nigeria kind of, always win
0: it though right we learned that in group a yeah
1: um yeah but they've been the runners up five times okay and, and oh that's, that's interesting okay. it is but it also is sort of like i've seen it painted in some corners as like they were runners up in 2018 so Like, who knows what they're poised for this year? And it's like, well. They were runners up like the first year that they could compete in it. So they've been runners up since 95, then 2000, 2008, 2012, 2018. Okay. So, like, again, it kind of, you don't know if like they really are poised to make this jump to the next level or if they're going to kind of keep doing what they've been doing. What they've been doing lately is not winning. Uh, mm. Nine games this year in 2019, yep. zero wins, three draws, six losses, only six goals scored. They lost 3 0 no to Finland, 2 1 to Czech Republic. Neither of those teams are going to the Women's World Cup. Right. So they're definitely not.
0: Oh, they played the U.S. as well, right? They did and
1: lost 3-0. So they are not in the strongest of positions, but I think the fact that they are going to a World Cup is sort of showing the progress that they're making at like a national level. uh, Sorry,
0: I might have missed this. Is this their Mm -hmm. first time?
1: Yes. Yeah, Okay. First ever World Cup qualification, All right? Uh, because they were runners up at the African Cup of Nations oh, in twenty eighteen. Oh, they did it. Okay, I okay. so uh, coached by Desiree Ellis uh, was interim manager in twenty sixteen. Then became permanent manager. Is also the team's longest serving captain. Uh, has obviously retired. Played in their first ever game in nineteen ninety three against Swaziland, where she scored a hat trick. Yeah. So right. uh, I think she made like three hundred and thirty appearances for the Spurs ladies. So yeah. she's she's had a long career. She is no longer playing. She's gonna like kind of like put it on. Her her players now to maybe uh, see if they can kind of carry the torch. Um, and there's a couple of different players who ooh, I want so to spotlight.
0: I'm backing her like if the ball's out of play, she's the she's the coach that's gonna like juggle, take it on the yep. thigh, a couple of touches, and then <laughs> send it. Back. Exactly. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, and then like I, I want to talk about a couple different players. Like I'm gonna spotlight two specifically, but okay. there's a few in here that I think are worth noting uh, because they're sort of representative both of South Africa, like kind of where they've been as a program and where they're heading. Uh, the first one is Janine Van Wick, who's their 32 okay. year old captain. In. They say no one's ever been in the Van Wyck. There it is. I knew it was coming. Uh, 11 goals in 166 appearances. But she's a defender, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, she plays for the club JVW in the top tier of South African Women's League, the Sassel League. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I did not know anything about JVWFC. I looked it up. JVWFC was formed in 2013 by current South Africa Women's National Team captain Janine Van Wick. Uh, yes, the player oh, that I'm talking about. that The makes club sense. aims to identify, develop, and improve female players. Consisted of a mere 13 players when formed. The club has gradually grown over years to a remarkable 60 players within their setup.
0: I see she set up a whole team to develop soccer in South Africa she did indeed yes. and
1: that and that is sort of what the league is from my understanding the Sasol yeah. League Sasol is a like chemical energy company in South Africa that has put money into sort of funding and helping kind of promote women's soccer in South Africa okay. uh, I believe right now there are 144 teams in sort of the various levels of the Sasol League that compete across 9 provinces yeah. 2,800 players so it's definitely again steps in the right direction yeah. uh, but But you still have, it seems like in this squad, a lot of players coming from universities in South Africa. I think that's where you're still getting the majority of your South African women's soccer players are playing college soccer first, then going pro. And then there's a few who are jumping to professional levels right away. Um, Or you have players like Janine Van Wick who just start their own clubs and that's how they do it. (laughs) She will be partnered by um, Noko Matlu, who, uh, here's one for you, center back. 61 goals in 152 appearances because she began her career as a striker. Yeah, uh, yeah first South Africa to be named African Women's Footballer of the Year back in 2008. Uh, Ellis, their current manager, Desiree Ellis, moved her to a centre-back. And I'm, I'm assuming that was partially because maybe there were other attacking options for Th- South Africa. I'm also it's assuming because Van Wick is not necessarily the fastest defender from what I saw. I think I saw Jess McDonald blow by her yeah. in the NWSL.
0: So you mentioned the NWSL. Do you know yeah. Van Wick played for Houston Dash, mm-hmm. right? So doesn't that mean that she She's actually a pretty good player. Has uh, no one ever beaten in the Van Wick? Uh, no, because I'm pretty, Donald did. I'm
1: pretty sure <laughs> y- you spotted that she had been waived and that no one picked up her option. Yeah, but
0: so she did have a couple years. She did have a couple WCAs, years, yeah. but
1: I don't know if that necessarily a uh, wor- World Cup winning captain makes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but, so I think but from what I saw from Van Wick, it felt like she was the sort of, organizer, the leader, calm on the ball, but I saw a lot of, like, left-to-right passing, right-to-left passing, Uh, whereas I feel like Noku Matlu, because she has the kind of attacking inclinations she does, she's the one who's going to play those long balls, she's the one who's kind of trying to split the lines, she's also more than happy to drive forward with the ball at her feet, so I feel like that's the kind of partnership that you'll see from the two of them, um, which I enjoyed watching, so I I look forward to Janine Van Wick and Noku Matlu as your two
0: defenders. And you've seen them do a lot of defending, I guess. Yes.
1: And then up top, I'm going to say it's Tembi Kagetlana is my best pronunciation of that one. Uh, K-G-A-T-L-A-N-A. Again, the name will be in the show notes. She is the 2018 African Women's Footballer of the Year. It was slightly confusing to me because she has not been playing for the national team, which maybe explains why they've had such a bad run of form, but that's because she's playing in China. Uh, I think they were still playing as of like last week, so now uh, whatever cup competition she was in, it I think is, is over, CFA? or she at least yeah. is taking a break because she will be with South Africa for the, for the uh, World Cup, uh, but I think it's been Amanda Mithandi. And I wanted to make a lot of jokes about Miss Andy from Game of Thrones, but I choose not to. Uh, Too a- soon. Too soon <laughs> after what happened. Indeed. Uh, both in terms of to that character and also to that show as a whole. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, it's been Amanda Miss but I think it will be Tembi Kakatlana. Can uh, we talk
0: about Kakatlana? Because I saw some footage and she... At least we will be exciting to watch.
1: All right. Why do you say that? I don't disagree. But what did you see that you enjoyed?
0: I saw a player that um, loves to dribble and Mm -hmm. loves to go at people. Yep. And she's almost not worried if she loses the ball, from what I could tell. And I think that's because – this is just my interpretation of what I saw – Maybe she's like the most attacking, the skill, most skillful attacking player in South Africa that mm-hmm. she's almost given license. Just go for it.
1: Yes. Right? Yeah, pretty much. And it
0: leads to some great, great moments. Sometimes it leads to turnovers, mm-hmm. but it leads to a lot of defenders being blown past.
1: That is very yeah. important to note there, yes. Because I also think that she will probably, if South Africa are, gonna, are going to score goals, they're going to come through Kakadlana. And I think a lot of that is going to be her blowing past defenses. Yeah. But then also, it, from what I saw of her, I've thought she was very good at. Not being just being very fast, but also being very fast with the ball at her feet. You didn't sort of yeah. see the, like, she's great, but then when she gets on the ball, it's yes, kind of awkward touches true. or heavy touches. She was able to control really well, and I enjoyed that sometimes you'd see her get on the ball, cut across a defender, which we always love to see because it completely takes them out, and then we'd see a, like well-taken shot from distance that beats the keeper, bends it around the goalie into like the far netting, but also there were these sort of disguised shots that came out of nowhere when she's running at full speed that also beat the goalkeeper. So she's got that kind of versatility to her attack. She's the one who, uh, the statistics showed, she scores a goal every other game, or scored a goal every other game in NWSL. Oh, she was at Houston Dash as well? She was as well, yes. I guess Mm -hmm.
0: Houston had a a South African connection for a while. Uh,
1: They did, uh, because they had uh, the two that we've mentioned. They also had uh, Linda Madaljano, forgive me again. Uh, She was with uh, Tembi Kakatlana in Houston. She is now with her in Beijing. So they seem I to see. move as a package. She has also I'm not say been there.
0: Roommates yeah, probably the so. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, she has also not been playing for South Africa as a result, but she will probably be a starter for them. Yeah. So two key attackers. It's
0: not it's not great for their build up, right? To have not two so of their much. key attackers were with their domestic team in China so they couldn't play in the friendly, it's not South great. Africa. It's right? not great. But, but there'll be a camp before the tournament. They'll get familiar again. I mean, there has yeah. been a
1: camp. But yes, I think I think South Africa have one more friendly still to go. Okay. So uh, I would imagine both of those women will start uh, in that final friendly. One would hope at least. And I should add the other thing that stood out to me about Kakatlana, aside from her finishing ability and her pace, she got some good celebrations. She's got some good yeah, dances. She, she seems to have like a, dance, a right? variety of different dances down for when she scores goals. So I kind
0: of hope she scores. So oh, yeah, we, I definitely do. So we get to see one. I'll mm-hmm. say this. If she scores, it'll be right-footed. Yes. She's a very right-footed player, but I kind of think maybe very right-footed players, we won't name any, um, could take lessons from her because mm-hmm. she does this thing where when I see her running at someone, she uh, like alter- alternately alternates between... Inside of the foot, outside of the foot. So even though it's all one foot, you don't know which way she's going to go. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? she go yeah. inside, outside, inside, outside, inside, outside, and then, well, wow, where she go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and I would say, like, even if South Africa do not get a win, I think you are looking at a team that will celebrate scoring a goal as a big step in the right direction. And that's, again, what I go back to, like, like the, the second I'll story. Oh, be first is, goal at World Cup. It, Yes, and it's, like, in this team you have coached by like like the first person to score in their first uh, uh-huh. to get a hat trick in their first game ever Desiree. you've got the first South African uh, to win African player of the year African women's player of the year in Noku Matlu who's now the defender yep. you have the reigning African uh, women's footballer of the year who could potentially score South Africa's first ever goal at a World Cup and it, so it just feels like you've got these kind of steps moving in the right direction historically in South Africa like for this team and kind of where they're looking to go in terms of long-term stability and success.
0: And their first Game is against Spain, right? Mm-hmm. is Germany, China. Then it's uh, Spain, South Africa. Yep. Which I'm going to guess favors Spain.
1: I would say so. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so where is South Africa going to get points? China, maybe.
1: I mean, I mean, again, what I'm saying is, like, Spain. I, I I, mean, certainly you never go into a tournament like you know, knowing you're going to lose every game. I don't think this is a team that are thinking we're definitely going to make a deep run. You always kind of have that little bit of optimism, like maybe we put some stuff together and we surprise some people. They may well do that. But again, I think it's a team that you're going to see them, if they score that first goal, when they score, yeah. it will be a massive celebration. Maybe if it's so like 3-0
0: down to Spain and I they think, score one in the 89th minute? I think so. Yeah, I okay. think maybe that mutes
1: it a little bit. You're not going to see them quite go nuts. But if it's like nil-nil and they go ahead or are they pull back <laughs> yeah. and it's one-to-one, I think you'll see uh, some pretty big celebrations, yes.
0: All right. So you have anything else to add? I do not. All right. So that was Group B. There it is. Germany, China, Spain, South Africa. Mm-hmm. We are a third done with our Women's World Cup previews. Oh, boy. And we're a third more knowledgeable than we were last week. Let's hope so. <laughs> or at least we think we are. We, we think, think we are, we are sure. yeah. yeah. Unless everything we just said was wrong. <laughs> None of these players even know um, Actually,
1: I, I, <laughs> sorry. Uh, with all that said, I should add one more thing. Yeah, Really quickly. It's just that, um, again, with the idea of like moving in the right direction, that you've got players... I I mentioned Amanda uh Mathandi who is who is uh I think she's pretty young. Like, she might be 21. Uh, Rafilo Jane, who I think, or Jane probably, if uh, if my pronunciation is anywhere close, 26 years old. Art has 104 appearances for South Africa. Uh, she'll be in the middle. Kalosa Biana will be their holding midfielder. She's 25. And then uh, Linda Model Hollow, who I mentioned, is 20 years old. So you still oh, have... So you're you've, youth. You've got a lot of like youth to players who aren't quite yet in their prime. So you look at this as sort of like, they're there, they know what it's going to be like to play in a World Cup. I'm talking about for the next Women's World Cup, if they mm-hmm. can make it. You've got players then who will be in their prime who've been there before who can kind of look to build on that and again that's what i think they're doing is looking to build yep. on past successes and so, maybe
0: maybe win the uh the women's cup of nations there we go right? maybe, I, I maybe think,
1: finally beat nigeria in the final i think that's probably yeah. where, where their primary goal is yeah. I, w- I would bet that yes
0: all right so group b really is previewed now
1: yes yes
0: all right we should be back friday with our group c preview let's hope so uh, before we do Let's talk some scouting. Let's do we've it, got my some uh, young Americans that we've got scouting reports on from the Total Soccer Show Scouting Network.
1: Just a few reports to get to. Starting with Colin Bish scouting Eric Williamson, twenty-one-year-old American attacker for the Portland Timbers. Williamson was called up to the U twenty-three national team for the combined training camp with the senior national team. I didn't
0: team. know that. Okay, yeah,
1: good. It's a, well, it's like. Some of the senior national team yeah, combined yeah. with the U twenty three hybrid team. Yeah, uh-huh. um, his call up was mostly likely, most likely, excuse me, due to his form in the USL Championship this year, where he currently has uh, two goals and a league leading nine assists. So, I guess he's playing
0: for T two, right? Yes. Uh, okay, Andrew Baird is scouting Josh Perez, the 21-year-old American winger for LAFC. Andrew says Perez was also included in that mm-hmm. pre-Gold Cup joint senior team U23 camp. Mm-hmm. Since he wasn't part of the forty man Gold Cup provisional roster, Perez's inclusion here would indicate that he is in the plans for the upcoming U23 camp taking place in June in Salt Lake City.
1: Lots of camps. Lots, Lots of, camps. of camps happening. Alan Bedford scouting Jonathan Lewis, 21-year-old American forward for the Colorado Rapids. I forgot about this move. Yep, yep, yep. How's it going? Uh, I'm going to find out right now. I? scored his first goal for the Yay! Rapids against the crew in just his second start. Uh, Lewis put the ball between Jonathan Mentz's legs and just out of the reach of Zach Steffen in the seventh of nine minutes of first half stoppage time. Oof. He then came on in the 63rd minute against the Union and scored the equalizer nine minutes later off a cross from Andre Shin uh, maybe, says Alan, he just needed a change of scenery or perhaps a change of coach.
0: Yep, mm-hmm. Zachary Lindquist is scouting Jackson Yule, 22-year-old American midfielder for San Jose. Yule has now gone the full 90 in the past six games for San Jose, excuse me, San Jose says Zachary. Um, he's become a centerpiece for Almeida's midfield, opening up play and playing passes into dangerous attacking situations. Um, Almeida has called him the best central midfield prospect in the US and wants to see him with the national team sooner rather than later
1: challenge extended uh, final report of the day comes from Nick Imhoff scouting Emmanuel Sabi 21 year old American attacker for Hobro Sabi came up up huge for Hobro in the second leg of the relegation playoff tie with a goal and an assist to save Hobro for now from relegation uh, he scored the tie winning goal in the 104th minute when he was able to get away from his defender and head the ball down with authority
0: go on Emmanuel Sabi
1: go on with authority go on Yeah.
0: Uh, so thank you for the scouting reports Colin Andrew Alan uh, Zach and Nick mm-hmm. um, if you'd like to To join the Scout Network, it's totalsocccershow.com slash join. Um, True. True. Don't use that again. (laughs) If you'd like to find, I don't know if you know about this, if you'd like to find all our Women's World Cup previews in one place, totalsocccershow.com slash WWC. False. um, True. Um, I've compiled a page, just put a list of all the previews in one place. If you want to share it with someone who maybe doesn't listen to podcasts but is thinking about listening to some to preview the Women's World Cup, totalsocccershow.com slash WWC would be a great link to share with them.
1: All right. Uh, Anything else to add before we sign off for the day?
0: Just thank you, Taylor Rockwell, for taking the time to talk to me today.
1: Right, they got you, buddy, even if I'm not sure you entirely mean that.
0: I 90% mean it. Listeners, thank you for listening. I 100% mean that. We will talk to you again tomorrow.